Hello again and welcome to this Talking Leadership Best Practice Network podcast. Great to talk about and catch up today on, on tomorrow's leaders today. So before we get started, let's introduce you to our, our speakers today. So uh, Fiona and Rebecca, great to have you join us. So if you want to just do a very quick introduction, Rebecca first. Yeah, sure. So um, my name is Rebecca. I've been with the Signet Graduate Program for just a year and a half or so. Really enjoying the time and uh, keen to learn lots. Great. Thank you. And Fiona. Uh, hi, everybody. My name's Fiona Manson. I was recently appointed position as uh, manager of procurement and supply chain activities for Ground Probe. So Ground Probe is a real Brisbane success story. It's a homegrown company that's just celebrated 20 years. Ground Probe is a technology leader specializing in real-time solutions in measuring and monitoring geohazards. I'm Kevin Bennett. I'm the Best Practice Network Facilitator for New South Wales and Queensland and co-host for today. Eric, if we'd get you to introduce yourself and then we'll hand over to David. Yeah, no worries. Eric Perez, I'm the host of Talking Leadership. Thank you again to Kevin and the network for the joint podcast. I'm looking forward particularly to this discussion. So yeah, thanks, man. Thank you. And David, do you want to introduce yourself and then set the scene for us? Looking forward to it. Thanks, Kevin, and a delight to meet uh, Fiona and Rebecca. Um, welcome, welcome here. And uh, yes, David Stewart, I'm the principal of RYP International, and I've been work- helping with organisations right around the world to help them align their brand, their strategy, and their culture to actually uh, bring it to life in a sustained and systematic way to produce whatever growth aspirations that you have. So been uh, at this for a long, long time, and, and Kevin and I go back a, a long way having uh, worked Worked with running some some major interventions with communities working with together. So thank you for having me here, Kevin. To help prompt today's conversations, we're going to explore the future of leadership capability in the context of an uncertain yet rapidly changing world. The world is at an inflection point, and indeed the world has been shaped by inflection points. And history provides some pretty good wisdom to share that uh, when an inflection point occurs, it usually ushers in great change. Most of it unforeseen, some of it predictable. It requires uh, leadership and leaders to to actually help navigate a fairly changing circumstance. So it does challenge paradigms. They're going to be some of the themes that we're going to explore today. By way of scene set, you know, as the world evolves out of this COVID fog, and you know, one of the things that we're seeing is is the COVID tail is perhaps longer than expected, uh, than first expected, but we're still going to need to navigate ourselves out. But over the next five years, we're going to need to adapt to a new normal, which no one really knows for certain. And so therefore poses some several challenges for leaders as they navigate an uncertain world and as they prepare their next generation of leaders and staff to actually uh, cope with that. And so just to help sort of prompt some thoughts there's some things that we're going to need to perhaps, as from a prediction point, have our leaders navigate, for instance, an evolving sustainability and environmental carbon agenda and the ripple effect that that's going to have on the world. It means perhaps reimagining business models and risk mitigating new entrance disruptors. So if you think the last decade has seen um, uh, disruptors uh, come in and interfere with markets, it's going to rise even more rapidly. So it's also going to start thinking about how we then start to reset and rethink supply chains and value chains well how do we actually navigate and leverage technology which then starts to build depth and talent in our frontline leaders as they want to need to make more and more informed decisions 
and solve problems. So the three A's that we talked about last uh, podcast around alignment, agility, adaptability is going to be alive and well. But we're also going to need to think about how people connect with our with with the, the mission and purpose of the organisation and how that aligns with community standards. And also we have the WFA phenomenon. How do then uh, our future leaders collaborate together and how else also do we magnetise the office? When do we need people to come in together? And so there's also going to be a need, an, an, an agreed uh, need to coach and influence others in network teams. And so rather than having formal, just formal teams, intact teams, they're going to be more and more moving to it in, in um, network teams. Indeed, the World Economic Forum, as part of its Great Reset agenda, has uh, recently released a list of 10 attributes or skills, 10 job skills that they're going to need, saying that all workplaces are going to need to have to consider by 2025. And interestingly, they're suggesting that at least 50% of all employees are going to need to be reskilled. And they're starting to put these two skills at the top of their agenda. One being critical thinking and problem solving, and the other being self-management. And in brackets under self-management, things like learning, resilience, optimum, stress tolerance, mental well-being, and adaptability as being something that, that our next generation of leaders are going to need to also be able to self-navigate. So today's discussion and the topic conversation is preparing tomorrow's leaders today. As we sit down and ponder how do we grow a business how do we operate the business and how do we engage and inspire and motivate others in the next generation? And that, I think, uh, sort of sets the scene, Kevin, for our preparing tomorrow's leaders today discussion. Yeah, thank you, David. Some some great insights there. So I'm, I'm just going to come to, to Fiona and Rebecca now. Just get what your headlines are at the minute, anything that's particularly resonated with you, and then uh, we'll start to get the, the group discussion. So I'll come to you, Fiona, first, because you, you're, you're part of that emerging leadership and have now got a really a great leadership role so anything in terms of what resonated with, with what david has said and what what maybe you've you've seen over the last 12 months yeah absolutely thanks kevin influencing is extremely hard when you're dealing with people in remote uh, access so you know what we saw when we went through the the lockdowns the stay at home orders it was really challenging to try and you know manage a team and a process when you've got some people in a factory and some people from home and you know there's a, a lot of concerns around sort of mental health, mental well-being, and all these sort of, you know, problems that are cropping up. You know, there's a lot of different things that are under threat during those sort of circumstances. And the ability to engage with people was really challenging. That influencing aspect really sort of resonated with me because it's quite easy to lead and influence when you're in person, but doing it on an online forum is actually quite challenging. Yeah, and I think it's a great point. And I think it's one of those, those leadership and I think we're going to develop this as we go on further is about you know when you were sitting there Fiona we would have met a couple of years ago in terms of what that role would have been and, and what the role would have how it would have engaged and how you would have led we would have not picked over half of what you now need to do as part of that, that leadership role so I think it's, it's really interesting how the dynamic has changed at that inflection point but is now going to stay with us it's not a come and then and then go and I think that's a critical element that we've got to take across so thank you Fiona for that uh, Rebecca going to come to you now just just your initial 
insights and thoughts? Well, looking at all of the different topics that you've broached over, one of the main things that really stuck out to me was the learning from home aspect. I recently graduated from my university course and get straight into work. So then with the sudden change of COVID and working from home, it was a completely different ballgame, but some of it was a bit similar to even university life and a lot of self-directed work, but also trying to negotiate how working full-time from home is probably a little bit more different as opposed to just uh, studying part-time at home for that one. So it was really interesting seeing what some of the processes my company Signet decided to go ahead with, which a lot of like online modules and interactive learning through a lot of like teams and a lot of other different functionality with that. But yeah, it was certainly a, a very big wake up call to uh, going into full-time work and also just um, seeing what sort of challenges would come from that with regards to working from home, I guess, <laughs> made uh, onboarding very interesting. No, exactly right. And since I know having a strong relationship with the Signet and the Winston Group team, that whole people culture engagement has been a strong part, which has been truly tested, I think, from, from that point of view. So just really interested from Fiona and Rebecca there. So, you know, has there only been some leadership trends or changes that you've seen the last 12, 20 months? If you reflect on your teams, what's really resonated with you as being a, either a game changer or something that's really kept the team together? Fiona? Yeah, so one thing that did actually drop away was sort of the continuous improvement activity that we would do sort of face-to-face. And because the team was all sort of um, disbanded, it was really, really challenging to actually generate that innovation within the team. That's making us think about how we adapt and how we make I guess, solutions for, you know, driving a positive culture. Because I think, you know, the the curiosity, the the ability to be agile in, in those sort of forums is what really drives a strong culture. Rebecca? One other element that really struck home for me was the managers that I was working with. Coming into a new team, like you definitely need a lot of support. So with regards to how our team, we were having at least like three meetings a week, just checking in with the team, saying what our energy levels are at. Is there anything in particular that we're sweating, trying to work work on or get better at with regards to like a lot of the training as well it was just a really consistent onboarding process really well thought out and planned and with a lot of like face-to-face learning wherever possible via video chat which really helped a lot of like getting a lot of the processes on board but also just being able to grow that culture as well which was something that was really important and really helped the team hold together even when it did get a little bit tough with regards to uh, just not being able to see each other face-to-face and having that environment which was uh, a bit of a tricky And I think it leads back to a couple of podcasts that we've had before, Eric, in terms of, especially the one last time about the navigating uncertainty where, you know, the the ability to walk in now and 8.30am and have the day planned out and it's all going to go. It's just not operational. It's people issues. It's environment issues. It's everything else. So so that ability to learn and grow and improve is going to be key. And I think that's really what we want to explore today is about, so is there anything changing in the terms of where the leadership's going to work, but also about how do we develop the leadership and how to how do we create those leaders eric any any insights from you so far i think fiona brings up something particularly important and that i hadn't thought about but the the parameters of team dynamics how has covid impacted how teams function if you're not all in physically in the same room if your organization is driven by the workings of small dynamic teams how does that impact your leadership group? How does it impact those that you're leading? And more importantly, does it have any impacts on things like innovation? If one of the core 
assumptions here is uh, getting the team face-to-face and in a room helps with innovation. What has COVID changed in that space? And is it even worth considering? Because can you get the same dynamic by having these tele-meetings versus, versus having them in person? And does it matter? I, I don't know if that matters, but that came up with what Fiona said. And with Rebecca talking about getting inculcated into a culture when you're new and it's all done online, it's very different to having it face-to-face because if I remember when I started in the public service, uh, I'm showing my age here 20-odd years ago, I went in as a graduate and there were 30 of us and we had a small team where we could get together ourselves and talk about what went right and what didn't. Sorry, got Fiona with her hand up. Fiona? Yeah, so I was just, what you were just saying there, Eric, it was absolutely true. It's probably relevant for industry with that innovation and it's really strong focus in in our team to innovate whereas you know there are some global operations that can quite like they can function really really well remotely but you know being being a new starter and then coming out we really do look towards our leaders for you know how to behave it's those those social engagements and it's the old school water cooler conversations that you would have and you sort of you you build that benchmark and you start to grow so it's really critical for people in their first career position that they've got strong leaders and they can look towards those people to you know even just the social engagement on how to behave in a workplace, because I think that sets them up for the rest of their career. And that's really important. No, I think it's a, a great point you raised there, Fiona. And I think that's going to be one of one of the challenges. So David, any any just further thoughts as we're expanding this conversation now? Yeah, I think there, there's some really important thoughts that have been going through, but also there's some um, important context. COVID's affected everybody. So everyone's in both survival and compliance modes. That's a really important piece to make sure you're checking in, the people are safe, you're all okay, how are you going through? So you've got through this together. But as we go uh, go forward, collaboration is the centrepiece of culture. And as you start to go into the centrepiece of culture, you, you're going to have to think about how we then re-socialise the team. Because sitting in, in and working from home and wherever people are, their worlds have shrunk around to their needs and those things. And so to bring them back out and re-socialise the team and get them back into and move them from a survival mode into a growth mode, one of the important cultural attributes we're going to need to sort of start to inculcate back into the businesses uh, next year in their teams is a growth mindset and what that means. And that growth mindset moves into this this motion of of being a self-directed learning and helping people on their three-year learning pathways as against a training um, mindset. This forms part of the the re-socialization piece around where's the business roadmap and where we're heading. How do I then fit into this with my growth mindset and the growth of the business? And therefore, what types of things do I then need to then collaborate on or start to learn and develop for myself? And, And for me, this is the transition piece. And I think it's really important for leaders to start to clearly understand that their business right now is in transition uh, as we move out of COVID. And so if you take a transition mode, it then starts to get everyone onto the train to say, okay, well, and ask the question, that, that curiosity question that Fiona highlighted, is what are we transitioning to? How do we flex forward as a team, given that working from anywhere is going to be part of the mindset to then explore in this process? If you're a subscriber to introvert extroversion, some people that are in the introverted category, which is myself, I draw my energy from, I can be on my own. I don't need a lot of people around me. That's what energizes me. And these conversations are what gets my gray matter going. I have uh, colleagues that need to be around people. And what COVID has done is it's limited that social 
people, that level of social interactivity. And I think that is something leaders need to keep in mind that not all your team members are motivated by the same thing. And if you're trying to drive, uh, and I've got to agree with David here, the resetting and looking at what does a new normal look like and looking at business models into the future expecting that everyone has the same, and I'm not saying David is saying this, I'm just talking out loud here, that an expectation that all team members are driven by the same thing and are motivated in the same way can be dangerous because when you've got platforms like this, we see people's faces, but we don't have that extra level. And Fiona mentioned that socialization that you get from being in the workplace and being able to grab a coffee with someone and going, got a real problem with this, or hey, I've got this idea. What do you think? It's difficult to do to pick up the phone and go, hey, can I have a quick Zoom call with you? Then it's not spontaneous. And that degree of spontaneity is gone in some contexts. So I'd be interested to see what Rebecca and, and Fiona have got to say about that. Rebecca? I think I'm usually more of an extrovert, so I don't mind having a chat to people, reaching out when I need to. So that does sometimes make it a bit easier. But I know for a lot of the people in my team, they are more on the introverted side. So at least when I couldn't really get on the phone to actually have a chat or a conversation like um, over Teams, we always were just resorting to chat or just like sending each other little encouraging messages and stuff like that. So even if it wasn't really like a verbal conversation, just at least reaching out in some manner however possible whether it's just an email or a funny video that we found just to help like support each other and like lift each other up when I can see that maybe some of them are having a tough go or are asking lots of questions just to really help kind of change the pace and allow them to take a breath and actually and then get centered and get back to the job whenever needed so that was always something that I really enjoyed doing for that doesn't make it any easier though Fiona yeah that's great Rebecca and and it is it's really hard because I I find that if I'm left to to my own devices, I can become an introvert and not want to talk to anyone, but get me in a social scenery and then I'll really engage. So it was really challenging to sort of flick between those sort of dynamics. And I, I like the thought of, you know, sending text and, you know, emojis or memes or whatever, just to engage and reach out to people who would otherwise not want to have a face-to-face. But yeah, it's it's one of the, the things is if you stay at home too long, will you ever want to come out of your cave? And I think it's, it's really important that you uh, push yourself to do things that is not, you're not comfortable with, because that is the key to growing. And that that's where we grow our leaders is pushing them to those boundaries where you sit out out in that uncomfortable zone and then the more you do it the more it becomes easier so I think that's really important I think that's a great point you raised and I think we we, again it's it's becoming a bit of a topic around that 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 emotional intelligence understanding where people are and what they're doing it's also that situational awareness so knowing when to do the right thing at the right time and and i think it's as we work remotely as we've said um and remote you know, you've almost got to become more aware what is the right time just to give that bit of support fiona as you said you know a smiley face or an emoji or something like that but also sometimes being aware well when do i actually really need to speak to that person or when do i really need to meet that person and i think david would be interested at your perception on this that for, for a lot of us who have worked in the leadership roles for a while we've we've almost had to do that by um, by trial and error, you know, and we've learned that over time. Whereas I think, you know, our future leaders have got to be more switched on to this now and be really quick and agile and responsive and and not go the traditional way of ABC. So it's, it's and that's something we want to draw out today because I think you know some good hard 
you know, technical skills that we know we need, but this ability to, to lead in the future needs a whole new way of, of thinking and, and working and, and soft skills that we, but we've got to use them in the right format. David, any thoughts? One of the core skills for a leader to have is is familiarity, knowing your team. And it's impossible to be a high-performing team if you're not familiar with each other. It's there. And one of the things that we're seeing, the more you work away from um, home and you start relying on technology, the more your nonverbal skills and cues are, are, are going to fall away. So, so the, this notion of, of how do you familiarise yourself with the team, and, and again, as you rightly highlight, Eric, the more diverse the team in every sense of the word, the more likely it'll be a high-performing team, but you need to understand that and build build that in, into that. And that goes back to my original comment around building a growth mindset. What does that actually mean as a team of how we're going to grow and what, what, what we're leaking this into? And so familiarity is, is a key thing. And, and, and then saying, okay, so how do I then socialise and come together as a team? And even start to take those initial steps. Uh, I've got a client at the moment that's just doing a, a campaign that uh, on lunch on us. Just get together and have lunch together and just come out of your, as you highlight, Fiona, get out of your caves just to start to re- re-socialise. And this is this transition piece to say, let's put the baby steps, building uh, building blocks in place that allows us to then think, okay, so how do we reset reconnect and then start to refresh reaffirm and reimagine the business as a team and going going through this in line with uh, the culture so culture is the way you do things so so your behaviors uh, your symbols your systems so that they go into this but also key is the disciplines so you know what we get is role modeling so leaders need to be very careful of their non-verbal cues of what they symbolize and so things like using slack with cameras on and having actually uh, having a slack huddle to actually solve problems uh, that you would not that you would normally do um, around the water cooler um, you've got to look for an alternative way to actually have the same outcome and that's a discipline and that requires a leader it requires a leader to start a meeting and end a meeting on time it requires a leader to insist on cameras are on so i can actually pick up the non-verbal cues it is a leader to have a curiosity mind to say, tell me, um, just walk me around your place with your camera on so I can see what you're working in versus, you know, it's that familiarity piece. And so that comes into the point that you've, often raised, Kevin, is uh, the rituals and disciplines of what a leader does is going to be absolutely critical uh, in th- this point. And key here is is making sure that, that staff now start to feel a sense of belonging. So we've navigated and got through and survived uh, the COVID journey. So how am I going to come together and be part of a valued and respected team member with a sense of belonging in a team? And what are the expectations of, of the team? And what are some of the learnt behaviours that I now need to unlearn and the new behaviours we need to put in place? And, and I'm a big fan of, of, of 99% of all cultures' unwritten law, uh, rules. Here's where leaders need to start to step in and start to role model and provide the disciplines and the and engage and inquire their team into think, okay, so how are we going to flex forward together? And what are the stepping stones and the, and, and how we actually build those needs uh, into that? And start to be, again, uh, aware of the team and self-aware around this. And so that that, that awareness piece is your highlight. And, you know, this is, this is where, you know, the uh, skills of the future are going to be team skills. And um, soft skills, is, is, you know, I've never called it, they're, they're the hard ones. These are the hard ones. And this is the different discipline that, that um, the old saying, priest, uh, culture always precedes performance as we rebound out of the next uh, iteration of what we're going through. So this is a, a, a piece that's absolutely mission critical for leaders to explore. I just want to make one observation and I'd love Rebecca or Fiona, well, both of you actually did to share a view if you can. I 
So this is a, a personal reflection here. I hate the term soft skills. I think whoever coined that term knew just how difficult it is to deal with human beings and to minimize the role in, and this is a problem for leadership, is that when you talk about the people element and you talk about the soft skills that go with it, it's denigrating the leadership process and those that are trying to be good leaders because I think 90% of the leadership challenge is to understand other human beings than the rest kind of fixes itself. So that's probably the first observation. The second one, and this would be directed to Rebecca, just had a question and you can choose to answer or not answer this, but from uh, getting prepared for the world of work and the world of leadership, did uni give you any skills in that area when you got in or did you learn more on the job than through your studies? It's a bit of a, I think for both both at university, I definitely learned some of these soft skills without really knowing that they were soft skills that I was learning with regards to like group assignment management and then coming into a workplace and seeing that it's basically a never ending group assignment. You're all working as a team and it's constantly changing and the goal keeps changing for that one. So it's been really interesting actually coming into the workplace and being able to learn more about like the soft skills and their uses, but not so much in like a, a formalized way. It's more just like looking at my managers and seeing like how they're interacting with some of the team or when someone's having issues and just really observing like what they're doing without really noting down like oh my manager did this on what this day with this person was having this issue so it's partly it was learned at university but it was definitely supported and fleshed out when coming into the workplace for sure with regards to using some of those skills and just even being able to identify them. So the, the curiosity there in asking this question, and I'd love to get Fiona's view on this as well, is I, I did a podcast some time ago with a, a professional, someone in the uni system who said communicating science to the greater world is a very difficult process and that communicating what you've learned in any degree program or any form of training doesn't just have to be uni is difficult and one of the assumptions educators make, and I think incorrectly, not all educators, but the assumption is there that these skills that we need to transfer to workplaces, we learn through osmosis by being in a formal education setting. And I don't think that's necessarily the case. And I think sometimes you've got to formally put some stuff in people's faces and go, these are the the challenges that come with being a leader. Fiona, do you have a view on that? Interesting you mentioned that because I'm I'm doing my bachelor part-time and I'm doing, uh, yeah, it's 100% online because it's convenient for me, right? Fortunately, I've been working in the industry for 15 years. What I'm learning is easily applied into my current role and what I do. But as for getting me ready for management, absolutely not through an online forum at all. I've had to branch out and do self-leadership programs, you know, women in leadership programs to understand sort of the challenges that are faced by different industries and um, in relation to soft skills, because in particular during the pandemic where everyone was working remotely, you've got all these different sorts of people and you've got to adapt your communication strategies to understand. And active listening is a huge thing. And a lot of people don't do it. And so, you know, being present in the moment and listening to what your peers or, you know, your team have to say is really important and not talking over them or dismissing what they've got to say. And following back, follow up is a huge thing, you know, and whether it's a chat about, you know, someone's family, how they're going, or, you know, are they going crazy from too much study? (laughs) That's always another one as well. Yeah. And again, there's some really interesting points you're raising here. And um, I think, David, I think you've used the present in the moment 
a couple of times and i think it's a really it's, it's a really fantastic thought to take away about and we're back to this knowing what knowing the right thing to do at the right time and therefore i think i think that there is now in the right way as well so you know i think it's and and i think that's what we're trying to draw out today is about some of those you know it's about those things we know we can do and we know you know there is some distinct rules as we said there's distinct rhythms and structures that have got to go happen but i don't know whether there is a defined balance but whether it's a 70 30 60 40 50 50 but i think you know that that balance of being able to react as a leader in the right way at the right time it is becoming more and more critical so i'm just wondering with fiona and and Roberto and david and eric as well has there been anything over the last 12 months that you've seen from a leader that you've gone that's just wow that's just showing leadership in that agile flexible emotional intelligence way that, that you've seen have you, have you got any examples you could share a good friend of mine who is in the legal space he's running a fairly big firm in the criminal legal space and through the worst of covid he did everything he possibly humanly could to keep all of his staff working even if that meant taking a massive pay hit himself to keep his people on board because essentially his argument was i haven't had the success that i've had without the people around me in the business and that that took guts i guess in the current climate that we've got where where the um, small businesses were taking fairly big hits uh, because of COVID, people just aren't out and about. And yeah, I thought that was a, a, if the survival instinct is to worry about the other, then that for me is classic leadership is that you're not worrying about yourself. You're worrying about the people around you because there are others in other industries. And we've all seen this that have culled personnel and resources left, right and center to keep the place going without giving a lot of thought to what does this mean for our capabilities and capacities once there's a recovery because we're going to recover from this and so that was that's my example and I, I think it was gutsy to to put other people ahead of yourself to keep them going I know it's a great example and I think just recently with you know coming out of lockdowns for, for a lot of people you can definitely see the ones that had that that thinking at the forefront and are now strong and ready to go now and can react now I think there's a there's, there's a big gap there so um, uh, Fiona or Rebecca is there an example that either you'd like just to share I guess you know I, I think the way that our business or ground probe managed uh, through well navigating from a global perspective because we've got uh, business units all around the world and the support that we you know, give to all our colleagues globally was really good. So I think, you know, whether it was calls, you know, and we'd have Friday drinks or, you know, it was all on a Zoom call, which was sort of, you know, just organised by individuals. It, It wasn't necessarily, you know, the leadership team, but then, you know, incentives like, you know, buying lunch for people and and just that sort of that community to to reach out and make sure that everyone's looked after and that regular touch in um, there was also you know the CEO was doing regular updates globally you know where where we are what we're fighting for that we are going to get past this and I think that sense of community was was really important. Thank you Rebecca. Yeah so with predominantly most of my team we're all a bunch of grads so it's a 
coming into the workplace, we're all pretty new to a lot of these environments. So yeah, our customer service manager was absolutely phenomenal through all the changes just because we have had so many new team members coming on and onboarding whilst working from home and then coming back into the office. So every week there'd be different updates about what we could and couldn't do or what restrictions were in place. So just keeping on top of that and being as transparent as they were with us, which really helped to us to feel like that we were really involved and important in a, a huge part of the team, which was something that I really, really appreciated for that one. Like as Fiona also said that our CEO as well was also updating the team, all of our different warehouses, what was going on, what was happening. And it was just, it really made us feel involved in a lot of the decisions. If just being told about what was happening and doing our little part to really help support everyone else was something that was really, really key. And of course, so, so just building that culture, we usually have a bit of Friday trivia that we always get into with all of the different departments across the team. So really just making sure that it wasn't just our team, it was also the accounts team, it was the marketing team, it was some of the warehouse guys chipping in as well. So really spreading across that communication across so many different areas in the business just not also only helped us to meet actually meet people from other departments as well, but really just get the confidence to go up and have a chat to people that I haven't really met before or am able to send a message to or just call out of the blue. So it was it was really great just building that team culture element and just feeling really part of it with all the transparency, which was really good. Having been a grad myself, enjoy this time because this is this is a really it's an interesting introduction to the world of work because they really want you there. You really want to be there and you're navigating something completely new. And I'm hoping David and, and Kevin have a view on this, but for me, and if I had any regrets, is that I didn't take every possible opportunity that I could through the program. And the more you do that, the more you're going to see different styles of leadership, different approaches to the world of work. And I'm telling you now, any assumptions you've carried in about the world of work will be quickly undermined when you see real people doing real things and bringing real life into the workplace. There's nothing like experience in that workplace. And it's it's things that you will carry to every new career that you have as you go along. David, Kevin, agree, disagree? You know, the, the one thing I always say to people in, in the early in their careers is get out there and have a crack. Be the, be the uh, person on the field, not the critic in the stand. Give it everything. So, so I, and I think that fuels this notion of curiosity and your growth mindset that, that Fiona highlighted. Um, I, uh, in terms of an example of a, of a leader, I, I, I think there's, there's two things I just wanted to quickly say. One with this phenomena that's going, particularly in North America and uh, and England, and is the Great Resignation at the moment. There's a there's a cause and effect of people who felt that they weren't um, treated that well through COVID have decided the, that they they're high on the agenda for for um, you know the um, Great Resignation um, because they 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 have a lived experience that that. Uh, wasn't good so so that that certainly is two examples that fiona and uh, rebecca gave is that they treated people first and profit second around that which was leading to my second example i've got a client that's a global business and the global ceo started with is that we are going to get this through all through this together we're not going to lose one person and what was interesting he, he went on to say that also means our small suppliers so people who comes in with a coffee cart into the factory uh, the mums and dads and um, families cleaning the factories and all those things they kept paying them um, to make sure that they uh, globally that they they got through this and then um, it's been interesting to observe um, as the COVID uh, pandemic had different impacts at different phases of uh, you know, around the world. And, you know, there was uh, breakouts and second, third and fourth waves. Um, 
the other area is the, the business that could generate more profit or more income uh, during that time to help their colleagues in some other part of the world. They did that and they were shipping money around to make sure that we all got through this together. And they, they've, they've come out of it uh, remarkably well as one team. And uh, uh, Andrew uh, and, and the, the executive leaders uh, there just did exactly what uh, Fiona and Rebecca did, you know, checked in with each other, make sure we all got through this together. But they were symbolically saying that we're going to get through this together with our team. And interestingly, they did the same thing with their customers, checked in with their customers, making sure that they are okay, sending um, any support they couldn't. So they're seeing just uh, an uptick in, in their own growth um, now as we start to come out of this with um, intact, strong relationships with their staff and their client base. So it's, uh, I think it, it was a wonderful sort of case study in, um, in uh, you know, when, when um, cream rises to the top when things are difficult. And, and that was where the, the culture and you know, their slogan is together we can around that. And so that, and they really sort of use that as their um, guiding light to, to check in with each other. So it's it's that important piece of, of making sure that, that um, as you're saying, that, that you're engaging people and feeling that sense of belonging, that, that sense of team. No, some great points there, David. And again, I'd pick up on a couple of things there. I think that there's a lot of phrases coming together is, I think is now becoming a real common word and an understanding about really understanding when a stronger together, growing together. Uh, better together is, is really key and I think that just that awareness I think one of the key messages we've had you know along with our good leaders is is and I think you picked on it David is they've understand the importance of, of the people and the team and the working but it's definitely that extended ecosystem now so when a lot of the di- businesses leaders had to make decisions about like paying people or supporting people they suddenly realize there's a an extended chain here that i've actually it's no good me worrying about here i've also got to worry about you know more from a supply base from my customer base i've got to be making sure that my community you know so you know when my employees go back to their homes and live in their community i still need we still need that all working you know the good old what they call the mot i've heard it a few times about the multiplier effect you know when people want to go home if they if they are able to go and so socialize they want to go and have a walk in a park or go and grab a coffee or you know go and get a takeaway or those type of things so and that all needs to come together so when we come back to work we're we're ready to do work and and be productive and, and i think you've picked it up in fiona and rebecca on, on your examples is that leadership bit is again we're back to this point of and i love the whole people people first profit second or almost profit third or fourth at the end of the day is about that awareness about what to do at the right time in the right way when do i step in when do i support the team and 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 take the team from there so so what does that really mean then in terms of, you know, what do we need to be doing now for the leaders now, you know, in terms of, and what are the sort of things that we would encourage the leaders now to start doing? But I'm also just a little chat about what does that mean? You know, you know, Rebecca, you're on a graduate program now and, and you're on a career progression. Fiona is about what do we do about these? How do we help these emerging leaders? Because, you know, that it's going to be tough for them coming in. It's going to be going to be tough now. So I just want to, a few minutes on what are we thinking? now about what do we need to be doing to really support our current leaders and emerging leaders but you know for those who are coming along in five years time what do we now need to start doing that maybe we weren't doing before so who'd like to go first any thoughts chuck that one in the middle David, chuck it in for us. Yeah, yeah. Look, look uh, it, it's a good question. I, I think there's. I'd just be breaking this into to three pillars uh, for for next letters. First of all, is is exploring this this notion of growth and growth mindset, and what does that mean from for learning, training, development, problem solving, and those things that that come into this this build, building this this whole notion of a growth mindset. 
then there's going to be a set of skills that aren't going to change and haven't changed since the Roman armies. So my ability to engage with, inspire and be uh, connect with um, and enable teams uh, and motivate teams is not going to change. So, but, but the mechanism by how we do that might. And so there's this engagement piece around how we're going to collaborate and work together is going to be a really important part of, of those things. And then the third thing is, is the next generation. And I think, uh, you know, the stat is 75% of all employees come 2025 are going to be millennials to say, okay, what skill sets are they going to need? And it's clear things like being mindful, mindfulness is, is a skill set they're going to need to build into this and ability to actually uh, communicate effectively through various means um, and mediums is going to be key things. Self management is going to be a key thing and the other one is is an ability to innovate and, and have complex problem solving uh, skills and you're going to not, not just do that on your own but you're going to need team-based environments uh, around that and so an ability to navigate ambiguity is going to be really really important my three pillars would be uh, growth um, and what does that mean and how we facilitate all that which takes in learning and development and the second uh, pillar would be what are the, the skills that aren't going to change that we're going to need to sort of make sure that, that we're injecting into all our leaders that they're built into the, into that that piece. And and the, and the third pillar would be uh, some of the new skills that align with your business model that you're working towards and how that aligns with um, uh, the new world that we're going to. So that'd be my answer, Kevin. Fantastic, David. So I'm going to go to Fiona and Rebecca now because you're, you're in the middle of this now. Fiona. Oh, no, let's go Rebecca first. Go on, Rebecca. I can see you there ready to go. Well, I'll certainly give it a good shot. Really just keeping inspiring or just really inspiring the team to become the change changes that are needed in the system. Every person has a different perspective. So a business is allowing their new staff coming through with different thoughts, different perspectives, and really allowing them to actually make changing changes in their own teams and allowing them to direct like or self-direct some of their own projects, which could be like allowing them to give some experience for like becoming a leaders, but also just being able to drive the change themselves, which I find it a lot more satisfying being able to see something through to the end is also just like knowing yourself, like what are your fears? What are your goals? And just trying to figure out where I actually want to be. A lot of the time, I feel like I don't really know what steps that I want to take for that one, but just being able to know what I want eventually and being able to try and figure it out along the way that's half the fun but also just being in the millennial generation like a lot of us we have like it's a very different generation to past like with technology really changing how we grow how we learn it's a bit of a shift in principles like changing opinions on a dime based on new information and it's been a lot more fast paced I've found when as opposed to looking back but then again it's just a completely different experience being from a different generation so it's hard to understand how it will change but the millennials themselves I feel like we're going to have a lot of fun trying to figure out what the next steps will be are and just really making those changes and being those change agents in whatever company or role that you're in is going to be really important. Excellent summary, Rebecca. Hey, just, just on that, Rebecca, I'm the, I'm the father of three millennials and I just think we're, we're really, really in good hands to, to in the future. So so let me tell you, I'm, I'm a fan. Great, David Fiona. Yeah, Rebecca, that, that was really great because uh, giving people empowerment to, you know, run with a project, giving that sense of responsibility and that ownership around their job and where that takes them is definitely a, a key ingredient to developing future leaders. Because, you know, as you said, David, give it a go, get in there, get it done, which is really, really good in regards to when you said about your growth mindset. And I think that's a really huge thing. You know, in, in the years that I've been working, the 
and especially the different industries, it's um, people weren't happy to show their cards. They kept them very close to their chest. So that collaboration and, you know, growing as a person, but also, you know, how are you going to be a good leader if you can't lead yourself? So that element of self-leadership is is critical for that growth in our future leaders and knowing how to tap into that um, because you, you don't know what the answers are if you've never experienced it. So, you know, passing on that knowledge is definitely what I hope to do to the rest of my team. And I think it's what's going to create these future leaders. Eric, is there anything you want to share before we just bring this session? My list, every time we have these conversations, I'm more convinced about this, but it's there's five elements for me. We need to build and continue to build foresight and strategic thinking capabilities in whatever cohort is coming through. doesn't matter whether you're a millennial or baby boomer or whatever. The third one for me is engaging with ambiguity. Fourth one is communicating with influence. Now, communication is a big area, but I think if you're talking about leadership, being a good communicator is one thing, but having influence is quite another and knowing how to build that skill set. And then the fifth one is getting leaders to build their autonomy, but not just build it in themselves. Organizations actually granting their young leaders autonomy to do the things that they need to do. Because if organizations are going to walk the walk, they have to talk the talk as well. And they have to give emerging leaders, whether those leaders are out of uni or in the organization, they've been promoted to level new levels of leadership and they're new so that what I would consider to be emerging. So they're my five. But one thing that we talked about before, Kevin and David, and I think this is one that I don't think is done well because I don't think it's being discussed enough, is what's the baseline? If these skill sets aren't what we need them to be, then how do we pipeline that so we get our leaders to reflect the core capabilities we need? Because I'm not saying my list is a definitive list by any stretch. That This is my list, but I'm saying in an organizational context, if your organization is, we want you to be the best networker that you can be, what is it that you're doing to promote that in your emerging leaders? And if you're not doing that, then at some point, emerging leaders are going to see the incongruency and go, I'm either going to stay here and put up with this, or I'm going to go somewhere where the things match up. And I'm not catastrophizing. I'm just saying that for me, it was what I've taken out of this for what that's worth, Kevin. Oh, thank you, Eric. And some, I think it's been fantastic having your insights from the other podcasts that, that you do to bring that together. So what one I'm going to ask the, the group for now, and I'll do a bit of a close, is just one key takeaway. So what's, what's the one thing you're going to go and talk to your colleagues about from the discussion today? Just have a little think about that. But as I do that, can I um, just thank you all? So, David, I think your insights are absolutely fantastic and, and add great value. So your your support over these podcasts are fantastic. So thank you very much. I think you've really contributed highly to the discussion. Fiona and the Ground Pro team, it's a, it's a great privilege as it is the other teams to have you part of the network and um, look forward and loved your insights today. So, so thank you for that. Rebecca, with the, I have to remember the Winston and Signet and Insignia teams, you do a great work around your graduate programs and, and getting involved as well. And I think I, I, I say the same as I've got four millennials, David, so I think I trump you just a little bit coming up there. I think there's some, some great thinking and some great future leaders coming through and I look forward to seeing them coming through and looking after us as we move on into the next stage of our lives so thank you again to everybody it's been, it's been a great pleasure but let's just close off with with the one takeaway Rebecca what would just be your one what's the one takeaway you just want to share with us probably just really being identifying the growth mindset and seeing how much it's changed how I operate in a workspace as well and also just allowing me to move look to the next step for that one so I'm really looking forward to looking more into that excellent David leadership is an 
not a part-time work habit, but a full-time life quest. And uh, I'll, I'll leave it there on that one. And just love the insight to Rebecca, Fiona and Eric and yourself, Kevin. Um, love the energy here. And so I really enjoyed the session. So thank you for having me and um, good luck with everyone. Thank you, David. Fiona. Wow, this is a really hard one because it was such an engaging conversation. You know, having that growth mindset, I really, I firmly believe that that's that's critical. And I definitely taken on board, you know, what what are the challenges and how do we collaborate in a different forum? And um, I, I definitely need to strategize with the team and everyone else in within the business so we can actually move more platforms online to support you know that collaboration fantastic and, and for me before i hand over to eric i love the whole inquisitive approach and i think that that being in the moment and being able to react in the right way is is, is definitely i think going to be a game changer but using all the background experience knowledge and learning that you get as you go through this process to to, to continue to make the right decisions and and create great value so eric i'm going to hand over to you just to close us off my takeaway is I need to do more in the, in the space of talking to emerging leaders. I was doing that in my other podcasting, Kevin, and I think I need to go back to this. And, and COVID is a good reminder that not all things are going along as you might expect. And I, I think one thing that I draw out of today that's critical for me is understanding more if you're going to create a pipeline to develop good leaders at whatever level in the organization, you need to start thinking about talking and looking at what your emerging leader recruitment development process is. If you've got one and if you don't have one, why don't you have one? Um, there can be a hundred reasons why you don't, but if, if COVID's taught us anything that preparing for future shocks mean you need to bring in new thinking and that doesn't always start with those of us that have been in for a long time and you get stuck in your ways. And I think youth and new leadership thinking, not necessarily youth because you can get emerging leaders that have been in the game for a while. Thanks again for joining us on the Talking Leadership Best Practice Network podcast series. We've been speaking today with Rebecca Harris, Fiona Manson and David Stewart. And as always, thank you to my podcast co-host, Kevin Bennett, the Queensland and New South Wales Best Practice Network facilitator. More great content to come. Thanks again and we'll catch you all on the next podcast.